We are back with another episode of the podcast, and before we get started, we have coffee that we sell to support the show. Two blends, Weekend Getaway and Summit View. They are both small batch specialty roasted coffee, highest quality beans, you name it. We put a lot of time and effort into it, and we're very proud of the product. We love coffee, and what better thing to do than provide a product that we love to support the show. So if you want to support the show and have a tasty beverage any time of day, hot or cold, Go to 95adventures.com or you can hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter and we will get that on your doorstep ASAP. All right, I'd like to shout out a local business I want to support and that is Advantage Cooling and Heating. They really hooked us up and before this winter storm came by, they fixed our heater, had it running top notch and it has come through in the clutch. So I can't speak highly enough about the honesty and hardworking and and just how they take care of everybody in the Bryan College Station, Texas area. That is Advantage Cooling and Heating. And if you need information on it and you live in this area, hit me up on any of my social media accounts or you can Google them and get their number and give them a call yourself. Talk to JT. He'll take care of you. Thank you. And uh, now, yeah, we're going to move on to this episode with Cam, the Goat Man, the host of the Goat Cave podcast. This was just such a rad conversation. The guy is pursuing his passion 100% in life with everything that he's doing. He's taking every opportunity in what would seem like a tough situation for most, I love talking to him. It's inspirational. He's just a really cool dude. And he's the host of a really good podcast that you really need to go check out. Whether you like BMX or not, it's really, really great. There's some good stories on there, as you'll hear in this podcast, but it's called The Goat Cave Podcast. So please, everybody, enjoy this episode with the host of The Goat Cave Podcast, Cam. Dude, perfect timing on the recording because now your your uh, videos popped up like right at the right time. Nice, there we go. <laughs> That's wicked, dude. Thank you for being on, man. Like we were talking about earlier, dude. This is this is awesome. Uh, I heard you on one of your shows, and then I clicked on another show and another show. Watch your new ones that come out at work. You know, I'll have them in my earphones or whatever. It's it's a uh, you're an excellent podcast host, man. Dude, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Yeah, I typically, uh, you know, when I first got started, I guess it was way different, right? And a lot of the stuff, and I don't know if people realize this, but I script quite a bit of the show, like anything that I really want to make sure about. And, you know, the way that I say it, I will script it, but I would say it's like 50, 50, right? Like I have my questions all written out and whatnot. So that really helps. But uh, yeah, this would be casual. So I'm excited for this. Yeah, I noticed. So I, I picked up on that, but you do a lot of your research is wild. Like, I don't even know how you find half the stuff that you're saying about these people. Cause I've looked at, you know, some of the people I'm fans of that I know of. And, uh, and I'm like, dude, how did he find that out? Like, I don't even know how he searched it up and found this information, but I'm almost the complete opposite. I search enough of the person that gives me interest so that we can get in this situation and just have a conversation and let it come out like originally you and whatever, the person's style is seems to work the best. Like it definitely comes off that you're being authentically the way that works best for you. Yeah, definitely, man. And uh, I actually just talked about this with a buddy of mine um, the other day on my next episode, which will be coming out later this week. And he runs um, early 2000s BMX on Instagram. So it's all like mid-school BMX stuff. And with him, he's very similar to you, right? It's all kind of, uh, you'll do a little bit of research and then you let the learning come as you talk. But with me, like I've always tried to really figure out everything beforehand. Um, but dude, 90% of the time you get in there and it goes a different way completely, right? Like you can only script so much of it. So <laughs> that's true. That is true. Cause then the wild card is the guest is going to say something or do something or whatever. I've just never been. So I've done a little bit of public speaking and stuff before in front of people. And I'm like, it's, it's a, I'm better when I don't write it down, when I have topics in my head and then I just go off the cuff. I seem to be more relaxed and flow versus I know some people, they, they like, you know, they have to be like my wife, for instance, when we're running like these little CrossFit seminars, she likes to be uber prepared and we have to communicate because I'm the exact opposite where I'm like, I just need to know what we're doing. Then I'm going to work off what everybody is doing there versus, you know, the uber prepared part, which I could probably use to be more prepared, honestly, but, but, but I like to shoot from the hip. Phew. Hell yeah, dude. But, um, 
you're uh so when did you start filming bmx stuff so back in i want to say 2013 or 2014 um i picked up a canon gl1 which uh is that white camera way off to the side there um and that was like my first real video camera and at that point i had been shooting photography for about a year with a, a really crappy like Canon XT with just a whatever lens, right? Basically just kind of learning the ropes. Um, so I picked up a tape camera and I just started filming basically everything. Like I was in high school at this point and I would bring that camera with me to school and like just film stupid shit, right? Like it was uh, honestly really weird, right? Like I just carried that thing with me everywhere. And then I think about a year after I bought it, I ended up having all this footage stockpiled because I had bought this tape camera, but I didn't have a computer to like import any of it on. Like, I think the best thing we had was like an Acer laptop. So you can't even plug a firewire into it. So my dad ended up getting a Mac and then I spent probably like 20 hours over the course of three days, just sitting there and importing footage like for so long. And, uh, dude, that's kind of where I really fell in love with it. Just being able to watch all that footage again and see all the stuff that we filmed. It really was like, whoa, this is incredible. You know? Yeah. And then did like video editing that stuff too at the same time. So you're talking about that's where you fell in love with it when you're rewatching it and editing yeah. stuff. I don't think people realize just how hard it is to do that. Like to edit the pieces with the music, proper timing, make it flow, all that good stuff. And how many different clips make up what you're doing? Definitely, dude. And uh, one thing that like is really crazy to think about is that at this point, I didn't have any experience editing. I didn't know anything about like what I was doing. You know, I think I had filmed some videos when I was like 13 and then used iMovie or something to kind of make them work but it was nothing compared to what i had on my hands at this point right like for my first video i think i was uh basically like just had all this footage and i started piecing it together and i was like well i have so much of it and i don't really want to put it on youtube but i want to try and do something with it so i basically just started setting it all aside to make my first dvd and it took probably three years to film and edit my first video and then yeah it was uh it was a long battle and the whole point of that video too and people don't really realize this but they should just because of the name of it um is basically that it's not supposed to be like a professional video by any means right and then when i basically put that video out and then moved on to space goats which is my most recent full length that one was supposed to be the complete opposite of that video. It was supposed to be very professional. Everything done on it was like, I think I spent just as much time editing, if not more than filming, which is like wild to think about, right? If you go out for an eight hour session to go film people all day, and then you come back and you're importing and then moving clips around and cutting stuff together and then learning how to animate, like it was wild, dude. Do, do you put the animation in your... You put animation stuff because I know you're working on an animation movie and we talked about that like when I asked you questions just because I was curious beforehand, but um, you put the animations in your in your video. Yeah, so in Space Goats, which I got going behind me here, there's actually animation throughout the video, right? So it kind of has like this story behind it, which is like the reason it's called Space Goats. But other than that, we're the goat crew, right? So um, throughout the video, there's like, layered png animations of these goats basically traveling through space and it actually is pretty wild because across from me here off camera there's these paintings that i had my sister do and we actually took high-res photos of them when they were done being painted and then i cut them out and put them in like uh final cut basically and moved them frame by frame to make them speak and whatnot like it's not the same as what normal people would do for animation i just had all this stuff drawn up and then would go frame by frame to make it work essentially i have no idea like i was just trying to make a logo for this thing we got going on like t-shirts and stuff and uh this business idea and i'm working on like how do i don't even know how to do that i'm asking people they don't know and i'm like dude that that's difficult whatever you i don't know how you did it but like the process and everything, when I asked my brother who does that sort of stuff, like uh, not exactly that, but 
he was like, it takes hours to do that. And I don't have the time for you, man. Sorry. You know? Yeah, dude. And the best part too, is that I am the worst drawer ever. I cannot draw a fucking thing. My dad is a professional tattoo artist. He is like an amazing artist who's done all my work on me. Right. I cannot fucking, I can barely write my name. Like I just have the worst writing in the world. But the second that I have someone else do it for me and then send me the files, I can make it do whatever, right? Like I literally animated this thing in Space Goats, which we'll see later on, but it's of MF Doom as a goat who shows up on his ship, which is an MF Doom mask chasing us through space. It's so random and so weird, right? Especially to put this in a BMX DVD. Like some people didn't really understand it, but uh, I don't know, man, I really enjoyed it. It's only like a minute at a time. So it kind of helps break up the video as well, right? You go from riding and whatnot to kind of this lighthearted story. Well, that's, I I always like, so I always like, uh, I I, I rollerblade grew up in the nineties. I was big into it. And my favorite videos were just like that, though. They would break it up with either a little story or you would have the guys doing something like random non-skating, rollerblading, action sport related. You kind of learn a little bit and you see like their personality of their the humor or whatever it is. It brings something else to it where you're just not watching like bike tricks the whole time. Definitely, man. And even with my first video, we did a very similar thing, right? Like it didn't have animation or anything, but I was so inspired by CKY, Jackass, you know, those guys, we didn't go as crazy as that, but I just knew to like throw in weird hijinks stuff, right? Just whatever was super random that you could put in there. So do you by chance know, sorry, you continue, you continue. Sorry about that. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, do you buy, (laughs) you're good you're good sorry all of the zoom stuff like this is always like this (laughs) every now and then there's a spot in there as a host where i look at it and i go oh man you want it to flow man the ones you do in person you can feed off people's body language and there's no delay but sometimes in these zoom man this happens all the time i don't sweat it yeah man all good um, I have a similar thing happen all the time too, right? Cause with my show, I'm doing it through zoom and it sucks. Cause I spent like a couple thousand dollars just building out my studio, right? I can have four people sitting here. I haven't had anybody in here since September. Like I can't really, you know, so we'll see things just opened up today actually for Ontario. So that's pretty rad. Oh, really, man. I've been hearing like so many doom and gloom things about Canada and just for everybody to know, he does live in Canada um that's that's wild man like how long have you been locked down so right now i'm about an hour from toronto and the reason that i say this is because toronto the city itself has actually been in lockdown since american thanksgiving and is coming out today of lockdown so you know we're filming this february 16th pretty long time to be locked down right and for me in uh, like an hour from Toronto, I've been in lockdown since Boxing Day. So not too bad. You know, we did a pretty long one in March. Um, but I know in Texas, dude, everything is way different there. Like everybody's, uh, they're living there, man. Yeah, the only people who beat us is Florida. Florida is like, it's like COVID never happened in Florida. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I know that some of it, like, uh, I'm really into, um, like, comedy podcasts, right? And uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of Kill Tony, but they do it. um, It's like Tony Hinchcliffe, right? And they were doing it in Texas a few weeks ago. And they still have a guy coming up with a mask on, and he cleans off the mic and everything. And then people come up, people are spaced out. So that's kind of cool, right? You guys are still taking it seriously, but you're still able to live is the main thing, right? Here, it's like, everything is different right restaurants are just now allowed to open up for dine-in today right they can only have 10 people so if you have a restaurant that's you know 1500 square feet that's massive and you can space every group out by like 100 feet right doesn't matter you can only have 10 people it doesn't make sense right it's i don't know i get a lot of this stuff and i definitely take it pretty seriously but some stuff like oh man you know it doesn't make any sense. Like that's the thing. That's what I love most about the the way Texas does it is it's very like common sense based, like, okay, what can we do? What can't we do? Can we do it safely? Can we keep people's livelihood and be as safe as possible at the same time? Like it makes all sense. And then some people just go, 
I mean, I'm thankful I'm here. I'm thankful I'm in Texas. But the crazy thing I've noticed about Canadians so far, and almost I have so many. Fa- I just found out one of this guy like I've been friends with since I just moved to the town I'm in right now, like 13 years ago. I've been friends with him. He's from Canada. He's from Ontario, right? So I'm like everybody from Canada I meet and hang around and talk to are so cool. And then I'm fans of the comp, the comedians from up there. Um, just all sorts of things. And what I've noticed is seem to have the most common sense as like the people that are on social media and talking, they're very smart, super funny, and seem to have so much common sense with how to like things deal with, but yet the country, and I don't know much about Canadian politics. So I don't know if it's just Trudeau or whatever, but like the country in and of itself is like uber locked down this and that. But then everybody I hear talking is like, Dude, why? <laughs> yeah, I think it really depends, right? And the thing with Canada is that, you know, compared to the States, you guys have 10 times more people than us, right? We have 39 million in all of Canada. And then you guys have 39 million in, you know, California, which is the size of Ontario. And like, I don't know, I think a good part of this too to mention is that in Canada, things are pretty separated when you get out of Ontario, right? Like you'll be driving for hours before you get to another city. And uh, I don't know, I think there's just so much rural area and so much area that's unlivable in Canada, but you know, we still can kind of manage with it, right? Like in, in uh, Toronto, it's basically like, I would imagine, um, anything that would be kind of close to it, right? Like New York, you'd be getting the same kind of weather, the same kind of thing. And people kind of stick around down here because it doesn't get as cold. But dude, when you get up there, it gets ridiculous. Oh, your, your cold is a different level. Yeah, dude. Cold, man. Um, but to, That's, sorry, but to go off of uh, what you were saying there about like Trudeau and everything, it's, uh, it's really different, right? Like I think everybody's kind of 50, 50 on the whole situation with everybody in Toronto. I know everybody's just sick of it. Right. And I think we need to look at it more like the way that you guys are doing in Texas, right? Like it just makes more sense. I know that everybody wants to get vaccinated here pretty quickly. So I don't know, man, we'll see what happens. Right. Yeah. That's, it's just, it's just wild to me. And and like, when I think of it in terms of like what you like the bike riding stuff, the world action sports in general, the world's like your playground, right? It's, it's there. Are you guys able to, I mean, obviously right now with the snow and stuff, I don't know how much you're able to go out and, you know, shred and do that sort of stuff. But with the lockdowns, the way they are, does it open more spaces up for you to go ride and film tricks? Or are you kind of like running from the cops all the time trying to get stuff if you want to go out and ride? Dude. Okay. So this is really good because back in March last year, right. When all this stuff started, it was kind of all across North America that every skate park got shut down. Right. Like it was officially street riding. It was street riding now to go and ride the skate park, which is hilarious to think about. But uh, yeah, from there, you know, we could get huge fines for going to the park. Like a good buddy of mine, he went to the park and he actually asked a bylaw officer that was in the area and they said it was fine. And then like an hour later, another guy showed up, gave him an $880 ticket for being at the skate park. So it's just like, you know, that's more than my rent. Like we have pretty cheap rent where I'm at, where I am, but that is more than my rent, which is crazy to think about. Right. And uh, it really depends. Like, we were out riding street all the time and didn't have any issues, which is crazy to think about. Like you would think that so many people would be like, dude, there's these people here, go give them a ticket. We, the only one day that we did have a problem is because I was trying this trick and I was filming for like two hours, just trying to get it. And uh, I couldn't get it, but the spot that we were at was so loud whenever I would land on it that uh yeah it just kind of i guess somebody was sick of it after like three hours and it being almost 11 o'clock at night like get this guy out of here man so the cops showed the cops showed up for that and we just dipped like we saw them coming they were walking slow i just waved and left and they left so no issues there that's right so that's that so the it's reversed then right now the, the skate park if i understand it right the skate park is like you're gonna get ticketed but you went out there and skate in the street and everybody's just like whatever essentially right because where else are we gonna go at this point and uh 
I think a big part of it too is the city that I'm in, there's quite a lot going on here, right? So they've got other stuff to deal with, right? Like they don't want to have to come bother us. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting, right? Like we had the parks open up again and I'm not sure what the deal is, but there's a hockey arena right down the street from my house and people have been going and playing outdoor hockey there and that's not a problem. So I don't know. I think right now it really depends. Like, right, like even... The thing that sucks is that where I am, there's about three indoor parks about an hour and a half from where I am in each direction. All three of them are closed. And then anybody that I know that has an indoor ramp, you know, there's quite a few like indoor private setups around here. Everybody that I know, I don't want to be going there because I could get a ticket or, you know, I could get them in trouble. It's just kind of a weird thing. It's been a little while. I went and rode an indoor pool in the middle of December in Toronto, which was pretty cool. That's really cool, an indoor pool. <laughs> yeah, dude. And the things uh, you don't think of when you live in a warm weather place. This is wild. I uh, took one of the pool tiles with me and then put the date that I was there, December 17th, 2020. That's that was my awesome. Dude, that was my first pool ever. So like to go and ride an indoor pool, especially with uh, the guy I was with, who's a pro for um, McNeil and Animal, Chris Silva. He's unreal. Like literally the best pegless street rider ever. I would put him on the top five of best Canadian street riders of all time. Definitely. Dude, so as you, this brings up the question. So your GOAT crew, is it a bunch of professionals or are you guys actually amateurs just doing this? Like what... Are you guys sponsored? How, what is the goat space crew? So with the space goats crew, it's basically all just a bunch of local guys, right? Like we started our first video, which was completely different. It was very, uh, very like not professional. And then when we got into this, we started to kind of take things a little bit more seriously about filming and angles and whatnot. We are by no means pros though. Like everybody had a part that they worked on for close to three years so like, this is my buddy, Travis in the background here, that clips in Montreal, but uh, we basically just went and traveled on our own dime and basically like nobody's pro, but some of us have bike shop sponsors and whatnot. And like myself, I've got uh, what I'm doing here, but I get free stuff from basically everybody, but I'm not like a pro or anything by any means. That's awesome. So you guys as amateurs go, it's like old school, like trying to get sponsored tapes where you make like a mix of it, but you, so you guys sell this in local shops and you sell this online and stuff, just like an actual pro made video. Basically. Yeah. Right. Like I took care of all of the filming, editing, producing everything, right. Everybody else basically just had to ride. So with space goats, like, I think we sold close to a hundred copies. I didn't do many online copies just because, uh, or sorry, not online, but I didn't do very many physical copies just because I was hearing a lot of feedback from people that they don't even own DVD players or anything. Um, but I sold, I think a hundred in under 13 days worldwide. So it's pretty good. That's, that's awesome. That's just awesome. Like I'm liking the whole setup because it's a professional made video. It's like a full length long like set you've got this whole crew that goes around but none of you are like top pros you just made a top pro video for all these kids that are just going on shredding like your whole crew that's so cool man like and that takes a lot of coordination and time and effort and like i mean like you said to explain it for people that don't maybe do this sort of thing when you're out there you spent two hours trying to land one trick yeah one trick is how many seconds on a video? How many seconds is it on a video? Seven seconds, typically. I'm like seven seconds, right? And then you got to fill a four or five minute part. Like it takes a while. Like this dude behind me here, this is Eric, good friend of mine. We spent close to three and a half years filming his part. And it literally came down to the wire, dude. The day before I would said like the deadline was the cutoff, right? We were out that day at like 11 p.m. at night with a light, like trying to film this wall ride clip. But uh, yeah, it really depends, right? Like everybody works on a different level. The guy who has the ender clip in this, uh, like, or the ender part in this video, he filmed a sections worth of clips in a year, like easily. We just went through afterwards and took all the crappy ones out and put in better ones. 
<laughs> that's so, that's so, it's so wild. I love it, man. I dig it. It makes me even like it more. For some reason, it makes me like, dude, this is so rad. Like now I want to see people doing more of this, you know, on the regular where it's like non-pros going out and making full-length videos. Yeah, dude. And a lot of the stuff that I heard too is like people thought I wanted to try and hit it big or anything like that. And that was definitely not the case because I really didn't gain much traction with these videos. I sold out of my copies and just left it at that, right? And everything that I've done since then has been through my podcast and whatnot. And that has reached a bigger audience. This was essentially all just for the memories of my friends and whatnot, right? I wanted something to look back at in 50 years. And especially with the way that the first video went, because everybody was very, very excited about my first video. So to have this one come out and show that I can make something that's like, high quality professional and have a crew that was dedicated was a, a big, a big deal for me. So what's the first video called? Okay. So I didn't know if you had researched this at all. The first video is called fuck asses and uh, dude, it <laughs> blew up like the trailer for it. I remember I sent it into ride UK BMX and a couple other ones and a bunch of people posted it. And uh, the whole point of the video was basically just to be a fuck ass and just do stupid shit, right? Like it wasn't supposed to be professional at all. Like even the filming and whatnot and the editing is so wrong. Like it doesn't make any sense. But uh, dude, we did so much dumb shit in that video. Like my buddy shits in the trash can at the university, like just dumb stuff, you know? I did see so I saw Dude, the I label I knew that was one of your videos I just didn't know that that was like your first video I didn't know the total amount of videos that you had made uh whether it was more than the two or whatever um so that's that's awesome dude that's so that's so cool dude the uh the trailer was on Pornhub up until this year and then all the stuff that what? happened yeah dude dude it was on Pornhub and I swear to God, you could go on Google right now and look it up. If you look up Pornhub, like fuck asses BMX DVD, it will pop up, but the video won't play because of all the crazy scandal shit that they had to deal with this year. So in order to get it back on there, I'd have to make a verified account. And I don't even know the password to it or anything. Like I haven't touched that account since I uploaded it. That's so hilarious. Like, how did you get there? How did you get on Pornhub? Dude, it's just like YouTube. Like you can literally make an account and hop on there and post stuff. There was a like 65-year-old porn woman from Kitchener that figured out that the video was filmed in Kitchener. And she just went on there and she was like, hey, if you guys ever want to be in one of my videos, let me know. And it's fucking weird, dude. I'm like, we were a bunch of like young, like 20-year-old kids, dude. Oh, <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> oh man. <laughs> People are hitting you up to be in porn movies. Dude, it was on the profile. Like you could literally go on my profile and it was like, hey, I'm this person. Like, let me know if you want to hang out sometime. And it's like a 65-year-old woman who's got seven inches in her mouth, like on all of her videos. It was so fucking weird. Like that is someone's grandmother, not mother. And she wants a fuck ass apparently. <laughs> Oh, dude. <laughs> it's all bike riding, dude. <laughs> That's the thing. I'm like, nothing oh. about that video was sexual at all. The whole point of it was because everybody used to call me a fuck ass for just being stupid. Like, it was, uh, that was the whole point of it. It's like, our crew doesn't take any of this shit seriously. We just wanted to have fun. Let's call it fuck asses. And it like literally blew up in this area, which was wild. Like, everybody kind of knew about it. That's super, that's so cool, man. Does, does the whole crew get like crazy excited when that happens? Because obviously you guys are making a video of just you're having fun. Like I remember those days when I was like a teenager doing the same exact thing. And we had to take like back then it was like the mid 90s. Like I'm talking 95. And we were taking tapes and you had to put two VHSs in and then play one, record the other. And, and then the cameras plugged into one playing. Anyway, it was like a whole crazy setup that we were doing on our own as little teenagers with minimal equipment. And so now like, I know what it was like for us to rewatch that just ourselves and be like, dude, we made a video. That's awesome. So like for you to have responses like that, and it's all over the place off of a video that you made. I mean, the whole crew has to be ecstatic. 
Yeah, definitely, dude. And I think a lot of it was a little different because for me, I was super excited about it because I'm the one who's putting in all the work, right? Like everybody else is essentially just riding, right? And for the first video, people didn't really take their parts that seriously. Like they wanted to get certain things. But for the second video, it was very clear that everybody wanted to have a bigger say in what they put in their part, right? They didn't want to have like the footage that they would have on their first part in there. They wanted better stuff. They wanted to make like a video part that they could be proud of. And that was like a big deal, right? Because the first one was basically something that like, even to this day, right? Like I've caught a lot of flack for calling it that and whatnot. And at the end of the day, I don't really care because at the time we were all just a bunch of dumb teenagers. That's like what a dumb teenager does, you know? And uh, I think I really owe a lot of what I've gained from doing that video because it taught me that like you can have fun with this and then you can also move on and do more professional stuff as well. Right. Like, and uh, I don't know, I think it's something that like most people should go out and they should do some dumb shit when they're a teenager to get it out of their system because now I'm 24 and I don't know, man, I take things pretty seriously. I don't know. Like I still do dumb stuff from once in a while, but Definitely nothing like that. I'm just happy that I have those memories, essentially, you know? Oh, it's so funny that you say that at this time. Because, so, I took the kids out. I don't normally go to the skate park now. Like, I took a long break from, you know, any of that stuff. And then kind of got back into it. And I normally, I take the kids to the skate park. It's easy. You can have fun. The kids can play. I can help them out, teach them things and whatnot. It's just a blast. Like, skate parks now... I, they're a dream for me back when I was a kid. Like I, I wish they existed, but there's also that element of street skating. It's like, dude, I want to go out and hit a spot and the thrill of like, maybe the security guard's going to catch you. Maybe the school person's going to catch you, but that spot's cool. You want to hit it and, uh, and create things like you're a creator, like what you do, you create the videos. Right. And so your mind's constantly thinking in, how can I put these things together differently and make different things out of it? Well, I took the kids to high school, uh, my daughter's high school, and uh, got to show them a glimpse because we went back there and I found these little things and I moved a bench and and it was too tempting. And I'm like, I'm going to be the 40-year-old dude with my kids that gets kicked off by the security guard <laughs> at this thing, right? But they loved it too. They were like, dude, this is so cool. Like we're hanging out and we're like, are we supposed to be doing this? Are we not supposed to be doing this? Is it bad? Like am I teaching a bad lesson? But Really, those sort of things bring you, it, it's so much fun to go out there and be a little kid again. Like to just go out and forget about responsibilities and like, not really, I just want to land this trick and hopefully I don't get caught. Yeah, definitely, dude. And I think it's something that like kids are kind of lacking nowadays, right? Like we all know how many kids are just stuck on PlayStation or Xbox and even myself, man, I'm pretty bad for it. Like I got an N64 right there. I sit and play that every day for like an hour or two, you know, but it's, uh, I think it really depends, right? Like going out and enjoying that stuff and making those memories means a lot more than, you know, playing a game for a couple hours a day. Like you'll never get the same satisfaction just in my opinion. No, no, never. There's, there's, and that's one thing I want to share with them as far as that goes, like you'll never get, and I, I fully believe this and I don't care if it's skateboarding, rollerblading, scooter kids, you name it, like name the, the wheel sport, the action sport, dirt bike riding, whatever it is, your creativity that you learn from that and the way you see the world changes completely. Like, you making videos and looking for angles during video shots. And I'm teaching my daughter, like how to, you know, this is the way you want to shoot this kind of section or get creative with it. Like, you know, but this is the kind of angles you want to get at. And this is how you move. And this is where I'm going to go. And like, just that part, even just that done the simple things gets you to thinking about things in a totally different way, like totally different. And then you see everything when you get like, let's say you get out of it and you get a job, you think of everything you find solutions to problems much easier because you're used to doing that for fun. Definitely, dude. And I think something to kind of put out there too is two things, right? One, I've learned pretty much everything I know from being a BMX rider. Like everything that I know about podcasting, about filming, about editing, about marketing, about business, about, you know, everything basically that I know came from riding BMX. And that's a huge thing, right? Like, that's why I just feel that I owe 
my life to BMX and this community, right? That's why I do so many jams. That's why I do this show. That's why I do everything. Like, I just want to give back to the community that's given me so much. And I think that a lot of people kind of agree with that, right? Like even yourself, right? Rollerblading has done so much for you. Definitely. Like it's given you quite a few memories, new friends, everything. And then the second thing that I wanted to point out here is that BMX riders, skateboarders, you know, rollerbladers, any people that compete in action sports are some of the most resilient and tough motherfuckers on this planet, dude. I just sat down last week with Nick Ford, who's from the UK. The guy has been a local shredder for 20 years, right? Back in 2003, this guy went into a coma after uh, riding one night. He hit his head way too many times. He just wasn't really feeling it that night. He went into a coma. A week later, they are in the hospital room. They are an hour from cutting this dude's skull open, removing the front of his forehead and cutting a piece of his brain out because his brain was swelling so badly. And what they say is that in uh, comas, you can hear what the doctors are talking about. The guy had a fucking heart attack and died. Three and a half hours later, there's no medical explanation of how, there's no understanding of why he was back to life. And then not only that, he has to relearn everything that he's ever learned. And six months later, goes back to a contest that he got third in the year before, takes first place. Like nobody else can do that. BMX riders are the only people, skateboarders, rollerbladers, anybody in action sports, because you were taught from day one that if you fall and you get hurt, you get back up. And that is a huge thing. And that is something that like, I've kind of taken for my whole life. And I think everybody who's in this can kind of agree that they have taken that outside of it and put it in normal everyday life. You make such a great point. Like, and taking that into real life is a, it's a real thing, you know, and I would even take it as far as to like a legit martial arts or UFC or anything like that. It's not the same thing where you're getting, but anything, I think anything where the consequences are, are like, you're getting injured or you're slamming, you're getting hurt. Like where the consequences are that, like if you miss, you get hurt and then you have to get back up and try again. If you want to get the trick, you don't get it on the first try. Mm -hmm. Like you don't normally get it on the first try, you know, especially when you're learning new things. Like you don't get that trick on the first try. You got to go and go and go and slam over and over and over again. It takes a determination. And that sort of thing drew me to the whole that whole world because my I always tell a story like the first time when I love like I used to ride BMX and and as a kid I wanted to be evil Knievel and I rode off the I rode off my porch with my little tiny bike and I didn't realize you had to pull the front end up because I never jumped anything before ever I just rode off on a dare and I smashed my face into the ground from about five or six feet up in the air <laughs> but I tried it again and again and again because for some reason the falling like I don't know what it is about it but I fell, split the rail on my very first try at a grind, and I got up and was like, oh, I'm doing this forever. Like, this is what I'm doing. And so that, like, that sort of thing, I don't know what it is about it, the challenge or, you know, how long it takes and the difficulty of hitting that trick and then the enjoyment you get when you finally landed after so many fails, maybe. I don't know what it is, but you, you make a great point that, like, if more people did things like that in life where they had to get back up if they want to succeed, it would be a much better place. All in, like people would be more successful too. Absolutely, dude. I fully agree with you. I think a lot of people nowadays take a lot of shit for granted, you know, and you kind of have to like fuck up pretty badly sometimes. And I think BMX teaches you that skateboarding, rollerblading, every action sport. And this is the reason that I kind of don't agree with martial arts and stuff. Teaching you that is because if you get punched in the face, it's because someone else is better than you and they punched you in the face. BMX, if you fall, it's because you made the mistake and you fucked up and it teaches you that you need to get better. I guess the other way also teaches you, but I just feel like BMX is so like in your head, right? You have to think I did it. I fucked up. It was my fault. You know, I never thought of that. If that, that makes way. sense. No, 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 no. That, that makes, that makes perfect sense. And, and uh, I've never thought of it that way as being like, that's a unique version of, of that. Like where it's another person trying to go at you. And so he's better than you. So it teaches you humility that way. But 
it doesn't teach you the same sort of humility where it's that's all it's 100% on you if you don't hit the trick like you know you're there you can do it and you're the one that also decides to go after that trick like you decide mm-hmm. to go after that big that big stunt that you know you could fall and get hurt on so like the it that's wild i never thought of it that way that's a good point yeah definitely i think you know with martial arts and stuff like that fuck that i'm not doing that like that shit is so gnarly <laughs> you know dude i've already knocked my teeth out five times i am not about to go and like get punched in the face a bunch you know but uh i think it's just two different things you know those dudes are just so yeah. crazy you have to go through so much to be within like ufc yeah. or anything it's super admirable you know yeah but the difference is like the difference you make i mean that's a good point that's a good point and i don't know i feel like more people are doing it now with especially with the lockdowns and stuff more people are picking things back up and teaching their kids things again so there's you know there's always a silver lining in what's going on at the at the moment you know but um but i think teaching kids to do that and getting away and learning how to fall so for instance when and this is just me and my kids and i'm not trying to i'm not bragging i'm not even saying it's right because i'm a little bit of like a you know just like i like to shoot from the hip there i'm the same way as a dad you know so um we go to the skate park and if they fall doing something if they want to try something they fall i make them get up and do at least one more thing on that piece of equipment so that i tell them the theory is so that you're not afraid of that in the future. That's not going to haunt you forever. You're not going to be afraid of that thing and never do it again. You're going to conquer it. Like you're not going to let this one fall destroy this entire fun thing that's sitting like your skateboard or your rollerblader or your scooter on your feet. So you got to get up and do one more thing. As long as you're able to, you have to. Definitely. That's a really good point to make with them, you know? And it's something that I wish I would have done with myself on certain things, right? Like, Back when I was living at this skate park, I was working there and uh, it's basically like in an old arena and I lived in a change room in the back throughout the winter with no insulation, no heat, you know, in this like cinder block room with no windows. And uh, dude, I went out riding the one day at the park and I'm supposed to be working the front desk, but there's like two people there, not a big deal. The manager is like off doing something else in the other room. I hit this box jump and my forks snap in half underneath me. So basically, you know, huge boost over the box. And when I land, there's nothing there. So out like a light instantly. And uh, I wake up on the floor and I had already had my teeth smashed in a couple of times beforehand. So I had a fake tooth. And I remember the first thing that I thought of was like, fuck, where's my fake tooth? And I like, check it's not. God damn it. And then, uh, yeah, dude. Anyways, we go to the hospital, we deal with all that stuff. I get new stuff on my bike. And every day I had to live in that park, knowing that like that box jump, you know, fucked me over. And I should have just went and done it right when I had got back on my bike, I should have just went and cleared it again. But I didn't fuck with it for like a good two months. And then finally, I was like, all right, I gotta fucking do stuff on this. And I finally got back to it. But I never quite rode that thing the same. And I really feel so dumb about it. And my like feelings about hitting jumps like that have really changed. Like I really love riding dirt jumps, but I don't know, like a wooden box to box slip sometimes is a little weird with me. Like it's just kind of uh, one of those situations, right? You'd never know. Well, this said that mental, that mental thing, for some reason, that mental memory and some people um, like, what's that dude's name we were talking about? I follow him on Instagram. He's like, uh, Sean Burns. When it comes to riding bicycle. Burns. Yeah. Okay. So that guy, he doesn't have that in his head. He could do something, fall, almost die, and then come back and write it the, the, when, as soon as he gets healthy and not even register as that being a fearful event, right? At least that's what it looks like. That's the perception from the outside. But like most people, when they do something, they like, if you don't go do that again, you're going to like have that thought in your head of like, it's going to be in the back of your mind. And if, if it's like that same thing, if it's in your mind, it could happen and you, it's got a better chance of happening if it's in your head, like if it's in the back of your head, you got to clear that thought and be like fully relaxed and confident you're going to land that trick in order to land it. It can't be like this sketchy, like, what if I don't scenario? 
Yeah, dude, definitely. And Burns is making some great strides right now. I'm really proud of that dude. He broke his uh, back, you know, spinal cord injury 11 months ago. And last night posted some new footage. He had just went riding this weekend for the first time and he is fucking killing it. I'm like, still, you know, dude, you can't kill a dead man. Like his company is called Bone Death. Everybody knows him as the dead man. You can't kill a dead man. How crazy is that? Like the dude is just too good. I love it. Dude, and if anybody's listening to this, I don't even care if you ride or if you have any interest in action sports, go watch that dude. He is, it's ridiculous. Yeah. He's insane. It's yeah. insane. Like it really is. Yeah, dude, it's 100% worth it. Everybody's got to check that out because it's like the craziest shit ever. Burns constantly has some great stuff. Um, one of the greatest BMX DVDs of all time, Anthem 2. I actually own the camera. There we go. From Mr. Stu Johnson, who's like basically the critical acclaimed best like BMX filmer in the world. He has a part, Sean Burns, in Anthem 2. And that is a section that I think everybody needs to go and watch. And if you haven't watched it, definitely go check it out, Aaron, because it is fucking wild. And this footage is like 12 years old at this point, And it's some of the craziest shit you'll ever see. From 12 years ago. <laughs> dude, it's nuts. It is so wild. Like the dude is too good on a bike. He, uh, he just sends the craziest gaps. And I think what people kind of always equate to it too is like oh he's just going really fast and really far but let me tell you dude that shit is the hardest stuff to deal with because it gets in your head man like all the big stuff that i've done on a bike i have battled that there's this huge rail hop i did for my ender in fuck ass as my first video and i literally went to that spot every day for three months just looking and visualizing it because at this point i was still in high school and i would like walk home and look at it and then finally, the day came, it was the night before my uh, birthday, and I went and I fucking did it. First try, and I never want to do that thing again because it was so goddamn fucking scary, dude. Like, it was the gnarliest thing ever. And I just remember, like, I had headphones in, and I was so in my own head, just freaking out about the whole thing. And then finally, I just kind of got this moment and this feeling, and I was like, all right, this is it. You've worked your whole fucking like year up to this, essentially. Like this will be the biggest thing you do on a bike maybe ever. And uh, yeah, dude, full send and got her done in the first go, but it was gnarly. And in fact, Sean Burns himself really likes that clip. We were going to use it in a, a bone death video, like a full length video. This is like way back. You know, I had messaged him on Instagram, sent it to him and we never ended up doing that. I think I just took it from my own footage, but uh, yeah, dude, Burns is nuts and he's definitely really inspired a lot of the stuff that I did over the years for filming. Yeah, so this brings up a question in my, like, so do you do this full time? You make videos full time from this and do your podcast and all things BMX related, or do you have a job outside of that that brings in other income? Dude, if you're trying to make money doing full length videos, you're going to go bankrupt real fast. You know, like I just can't make that much. And what I'm trying to do right now is that I'm trying to do my podcast full time and do YouTube videos and whatnot, and just build a following because we've been lucky enough in Canada that uh, instead of getting a $600 stimulus check once every six months, I get $2,000 a month from the government basically because my job that I was at is no longer like giving me shifts anymore because of what happened with COVID. So I've just been collecting what they call CERB um, since March and it will continue until I think September of this year. But uh, my goal is basically like, this is the only opportunity that I'll ever get to just sit and do what I want to do. And who knows, man, by the end of it, I might be able to do this on my own dime. And if not, then I'll get another job and just continue what I do because no matter what, this is always going to be the most important thing to me. And like, my girlfriend knows that too. You know, we've always kind of talked about that. I've told her, you know, like realistically, like if we end up just passing by for the next 10 years, but like, I'm happy and I can continue to do this. I'm going to do this no matter what, like, this is what I like to do. So yeah, man, podcasting, filming, just anything related to BMX. It's kind of the way that I want to go with my life. How many, like, 
how many people do you think are doing what you're doing? And I think this is totally rad. So you're taking this situation, agree with it or not, whatever you think about the rules and what's going on. And this is part of where your BMX comes in is like, like being around that crew, filming this stuff and going out every day, falling, getting up, you're figuring out how to do something positive out of a negative situation. Like you're figuring it out and you're like, wait a second. I don't have my job, but I can figure out a way to do what I love. I have till September to try to make this thing work. So bust my butt. I'm going to make this happen. Like, let's go. Like I'm going in a hundred percent. That's rad, man. Like that's so awesome and inspiring. How many people put that sort of stuff into doing what you're doing? Like you would think it would be just rampant and everywhere. Right. But I don't see a whole lot of new stuff. Yeah. I think it really depends. Right. Like, what I found really interesting, and this is kind of where I got the idea from, was uh, Joe Rogan had this dude, Andrew Yang, who ran for president for the United States. And whether you believe his political views or not, you know, this dude had some really good ideas. And that was that if you had universal basic income, you would be able to essentially be more like you'd be able to do what makes you happy more, right? Like even if they gave people a thousand dollars a month that gets some of their bills paid for, they still have to work because let's be real here. If you're an adult, your bills are more than a thousand dollars a month. Like, yeah. So that's the thing, right? Is that like with getting 2000 a month, I just kind of instantly was like, all right, let's just do this because I can pay my bills with that much. And let's just put everything I got into this. Like earlier this week, I just spent 200 bucks on getting new stickers made. And then, you know, I just spent, I think 200 last night getting new shirts and stuff kind of organized and ready. And uh, I don't know, man, I think I'm in very lucky and I'm in a very good situation right now to be doing this stuff. And I know that in 10 years, if I didn't do this, I'd be kicking myself for it. And that's the, well, that's just the thing though, even 200 bucks, you know, $2,000 isn't like a crazy amount of money as an adult, especially like, you know, nowadays, $2,000 is not, because you said that's a month, right? Yeah, that's 2000 a month that we get. So 2000 a month is not like this insane amount of money where you can just live high on the hog, like be rich and have a bunch of things. So you're taking 200 of that dollars and you're like, I'm going to try to make this work for me, right? I'm going to go make something. I'm going to invest it in the thing that I want to build for when this thing is over. And then that will continue on and I will have things, you know? Yeah, dude, I think it's uh, something that more people need to try and do because it's, dude, it's changed my life. Like, I don't know, I've kind of always worked crappy jobs, like basically minimum wage, just so that I could stick with what I'm doing. And it's one of those things that like, I really should go to school for all this stuff and try and do something more professional but I just don't want to. And I just feel that like school is kind of a waste of time in my aspects and my like goals and my dreams essentially. And that's not for everybody, obviously. Right. Like a lot of this, I could do a lot better, but I don't know, man, I don't want to be like, I don't want to have to listen to a boss at the end of the day. And I think my dad has kind of always been a big thing of that, right. With him being a tattoo artist and him doing what he loves every day it kind of really taught me from a young age that like, you got to pave your own way realistically, like no one's going to do it for you. So go through all the bullshit and make it happen. Right. And if I continue doing this, I don't know. I just feel like over the next six months, I can gain a lot of traction and the ball has really been rolling lately. And that's the thing. I just got to keep things moving and we're good. Well, yeah. And your podcast is awesome. You have a lot of like subscribers and followers for something that just started and it takes a long time i know it takes like you follow people you see things and that's the thing the most like again you hate to go back to like beating a dead horse or something but that mentality of falling get back up when you're fully committed to something you love it and you're not doing it for these big dollars and i love what you said too about you don't need to make like this crazy rich living you just need to make a living doing something that you love. That's the way I look at this podcast and the things that, you know, the coffee that I have going on and that sort of thing. It's the exact same mindset. I just want to make enough to make a living off it eventually. Like that's it. Like that would be, that's the anything above that is gravy and I'll strive for it all the time. But that's, that's one thing. I mean, that mindset's there, but you're, you're thinking like you're going for it 
And you're not going to have any regrets if it doesn't work out that way. But you've got all this following just starting out and you're doing, you're like, your hosting is on a, like another level. Like it's very professional. The show is professional. It's got its own style. It bleeds through. And it's, it's really fun to watch from a non BMXer, right? I understand the world of BMX, but I'm not a BMXer. And yet I was drawn to like, dude, I love listening to these guys. They're cool. They've got good stories to tell you. I can apply their lessons to my life. They're entertaining. Like everything flows perfect on your show. So I don't see why it, it can't be good. I mean, if YouTubers, if they can do something watching people eat food, you for sure should be able to make a living making bike videos, right? Yeah, dude, it's my goal, you know, like, my girlfriend and I kind of have a plan set out for the next couple of years. And we were thinking realistically, like the housing market is crazy around here right now. Right. Like it is nuts. Like uh, my dad bought his house, which is a nice, like decent sized house for, I think around 400 grand, three, four, I guess it would be like maybe 10 years ago now, actually dude, the years just fly by. But anyways, this place is now worth a million dollars and he hasn't done anything to it. Right. And it's only going up. So we've been really considering like buying a school bus and turning it into a home because you can do that for 60 K and guess what? Then you just drive around and you can park wherever. And that's your new like backyard or your new entrance way. Right. Like, and the thing with that too, is that we can take it anywhere. I could just drive down to Texas and be doing this right now with you. Right. So uh, I don't know. That's kind of where we were thinking of going with things just because it makes a lot of sense. We don't need that much space. Um, even the place that we live in right now is pretty small. Like this room is the biggest room that we have and I use it for my studio and then everything else is just kind of off of this. But uh, yeah, dude, I think that's kind of where we want to go with things and things will really pick up when we get the bus because we can start doing like build videos and then also, you know, travel videos and whatnot. And there's a few other things I want to do. You know, I want to try and start uh, a few other podcasts potentially and still make sure that the goat cave is my main thing. And I would like to do more with action sports than just BMX because BMX is a super niche market. So I've just been kind of waiting. And I think after a hundred episodes, I'll start to introduce some new people in as well. Um, I just think that's kind of the way to go with it, right? I love skateboarding. I love BMX. I love all sides of action sports. And I think some of the time people get kind of a, a weird thing thrown at them, right? Like it's one of those things that scooter kids always get a bad rep, right? But the dudes who are 15 and doing double flips on their scooter, they get the same shit called at them because a 10 year old ran into a like BMX kid at the park, right? Like it's just, you can't, equivalent those two things if the kid was on a bike and he ran into you you would say the same shit like yeah i don't know i just feel like it'd be good to get uh yeah it's the one thing about surfing like so the surfing community that's always been weird like you always have those people but then they're they're kind of few and far between most people in action sports are the nicest humans you'll ever meet and i don't know why that is but they're so fun like you can go to the park and like 99% of everybody there is, oh, by the way, cheers. Here we go. Yeah, oh, dude, cheers. Cool. Here we go. I got my Blackwater draw. It's it's local right here. Nice. Muskoka Brewery. It's uh, pretty local here. I love it. I'm really not a fan of, uh, <laughs> dude, I am such a craft beer guy. I like, I hate it because I'm like a hipster, you know, but uh, dude, I love craft beer. It's so good. It's way different than like just your average thing. Right. Like, I don't know, man, I can't get into it. I can't get into like Budweiser or anything like that. It's just not for me. Some of it, like, and I don't drink that much, like, but I love beer. So I could drink a lot, but I don't. And, uh, I, I'm big on supporting local people. This is a local brewery here, black, blackwater draw. So yeah, the hipster term is kind of like, Oh geez, I don't want to be that. But then, Hey, you got to own it. I enjoy, I enjoy the local craft breweries and some of them are terrible and some of them are great, but you know, you, you, you support them and anybody figuring it out and trying to do their thing. I'm, I'm all down with it. Absolutely, dude. It's uh, it's definitely very similar, right? Like to action sports, because you do have to keep like continuing on whether like whatever happens, right? Like if you make a crappy batch, well, you better figure out how to fix it. Like you better learn for next time. <laughs> I don't know. It's 
it's just one of those things you can take it to anything, right? Like it's the same thing with like video game shit, I guess. Right. Like if you fail at a level, you got to redo it. But I just think it's different when it gets to like action sports and like business stuff because it's financial, right? It has a bigger like weigh in essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, I like, I dig your bus idea a lot for your podcast. Um, my setup is completely mobile for that specific reason. So because nice nine, five adventures, we travel a lot. We love to see different places. Um, and it would, it's the idea and thought would be eventually at times, like be able to hop on a plane and go see somebody and do a podcast live from them, but with good sound, you know, and all these different places, like that would be the ultimate. I, like I said, I did that one from Blackwater draw as a matter of fact with them. Um, live there to just like get my foot in the door and start doing that sort of thing but that's such a cool idea to have the bus that you can drive around and have a studio that like comes to people and then you can get video footage because you're a videographer and you can like everything's going to be professionally done man that's it just seems like the sky's the limit with something like that it's going to happen. It's just one of those things that we're kind of just waiting at this point and building up the funds to do it and whatnot. And it's, uh, I don't know, man, it'll happen. It's just, it's going to take a little while, right? You got to enjoy the vent, the adventure of getting there as well. Like we could throw all this money at it right now, but realistically we still don't have enough to make it work. Like we need to be able to make enough money to cover the gas insurance and the like daily costs of living in it then we can start to tour with it right like it just makes more sense that way at least in my mind it's all levels dude there's levels yeah. to everything that we're doing <laughs> you know what i mean like if you're not ready for it you're not ready for it and it when when it's all there and ready and being in the world you're in and the people you're around when it's time to pull the trigger you pull the trigger definitely man it'll happen it's uh it's just a matter of when and if if not uh if you know yeah yeah well like man this has been rad i've had a blast like hell yeah i could probably go on with you for three four five six hours dude because you're such an you're such an interesting dude like the things that you're into the things you're good at um i really dig i really really dig i'm not to go off again on something but i really really dig when people do something like you were talking about going to school and I have so many friends that I went out, I got, you know, I got a job, started working full time and kind of like slowly weaned off of that. And that's why I stopped, you know, and went a different direction. And I look at some of their stuff and it's not a regret, but I go, man, they stuck with it and they're video, just videotaping their friends. And then they're videotaping pros and then they're making pro videos. And like my friend, Jason Reyna, the dude is like so talented and he learned all these things from just sticking to that. Right. Like he just stuck to that and he did it and he's made this life for himself and these people that he knows. And and I look at it and go, dude, you can stick with something that you love like that. And you don't necessarily have to become a pro BMXer or a pro rider or whatever, but you can do something that and be around something that you love every day. And do something that you love every day associated with that thing if you just let yourself be involved with it. Definitely, dude. And I think the internet is a huge part of that because, you know, you can do like a blog, you can do a vlog where you're filming stuff, you can do YouTube videos, you can do podcasts, you can do all this stuff. You can just market yourself in a great way to people. And this isn't even just like action sports with anything like realistically, if there's something out there that you want to do and you're not doing it, why not? Like what's stopping you, right? Like that's a big part of, uh, I don't know. It's just, you got to make it happen. And now's the time, right? Like that's just how I look at it. Yeah, man. Well, thanks for being on cam. Shout out, give, give a shout out and plug anything that you want to like, throw out there and how people can follow you and help you out and support the show, support the videos, all that good stuff. Definitely. So uh, head over to hvxgoat.com. We've got uh, merch, you know, um, all this stuff coming out. Actually, you might like these, you might not, but uh, I have rolling papers that I'll be redoing soon. These things are hilarious. King size rolling papers, Canadians, man, we're legal up here for marijuana. So uh, 
Um, but other than that, obviously like head to my website for all my new episodes of the goat cave podcast, where each week I sit down with someone in the BMX community, big or small, you know, we've had uh, Steve Crandall on last two weeks ago, I think. And uh, Crandall ran FBM, one of the biggest BMX companies in the world for about 18 years. Um, and their impact was huge on the scene. And then obviously we've had Robbie Morales from cult, um, Sebastian keep, who is a Red Bull pro who's done some amazing stuff in the BMX world. And then also just local dudes, right? Like my buddy, Johnny Cabardo, who's a local kid who's up and coming. We had him on to talk about like being 16 and being so good on a bike and kind of where he wants to go with things. Um, and then, yeah, dude, like other than that, hit up my YouTube channel, lots of stuff on there. Um, if you are in Canada, go and support Harvester Bikes. And if you are looking for a tattoo, Wonderland Studios, and in the UK, go and hit up Entity BMX. Yeah, right on, man. Cam, well, yeah. thank you so much for being on, dude. Definitely, dude. Thanks for having me, man. This has been rad. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the podcast. Don't forget to go support Cam and all of his things, the Goat Cave podcast, any of his sponsors that we listed. I'll put them in the show notes. Click on the links, head over there, support them. And until the next episode, see ya.